Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, the only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Squade, mm-hmm. alongside you this morning. Coming up, Travis Aiken, the executive director of the iLaw Foundation. And Quaid, I know you want to follow up with him on a conversation we started with the Illinois watchdog, Ben Yount, yesterday yeah. as regarding Illinois' new chief Supreme Court judge. Yes, uh, Lloyd Carmeyer mm-hmm. is the new chief justice of the Illinois Supreme Court, bankrolled. Uh, by, uh, well, one of the big bankrollers of his campaign was uh, State Farm uh, Insurance. Uh, A lot of people saying that he was put uh, on the court to snuff out a particular case. Uh, I believe that did happen. Mm -hmm. But now other judges are saying, no, let's reopen this. And a class action has has followed. Uh, In the meantime, Carmeier has now become the chief justice. So uh, it, it, it seems like worlds are colliding, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for Travis Aiken uh, to weigh in on this, and we'll do that with him a little bit later in the show. Also coming up this morning on the morning meeting, bad choices. More more bad behavior that we have to talk about, Quaid. Uh, the electoral scoreboard, the electoral college scoreboard, is moving around just a bit with the latest poll numbers. And even though they got Brexit wrong, they're usually right on top of it. I was I was able to pull up some stats, some odds by the British bookies. Mm. It's legal to bet on everything over there. They right. even have a bet that's available that is the color of Trump's sport coat on election night. So if you're <laughs> if you're the degenerate who bets Boy, on all the things for the Super Bowl, if you've got a problem, don't yeah, go to England. Yeah, they they've got everything covered. I'll I'll give you some of those odds. We'll talk about who they have as the favorite coming up as we continue this morning, but. I have to. Uh, I have to first tell you how much of a, how much of a, an, an inattentive loser I was yesterday afternoon. Really? Yeah. So I was here a little later than usual, and I have to thank you not only for the opportunity but also for the pain that oh. I experienced yesterday afternoon. You tried some of my peppers, didn't Quaid you? Quade brought me some jalapenos. He's got a, a, a jalapeno plant that's been going. <laughs> and the, the they are delicious because I don't know what exact strain they are, but they're the, they, they've got plenty of heat, but they've mm-hmm. also got some sweet. So they were great in my salad. Here's where the pain come in. I'm making my salad, right? I got my I, 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 I like a spinach base for my salad. I got sure. spinach, chopping up some some chicken breast, got my red onions, my mm-hmm. portobello mushrooms, mm-hmm. little cheese, little stuff, and I'm I'm chopping up the uh, Jalapeno. jalapenos, mm-hmm. and a fly goes by, right? So I reach up to brush the fly off my face, and I scrape my eye with the hand that's been holding the jalapenos. Oh, no! Yeah, that oh, was... Oh, no! That was 10 bad minutes. Woo! <laughs> ten, they were delicious to eat. Don't put them in your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you just you turned upside down and oh. put your head under the the spigot, right? No, I just <laughs> I just kind of blinked it out because I knew that my my hand still had obviously the jalapeno juice on it, and the other hand had the big cutting knife. So well, when you you're can in put the knife down, sir. See, you can, but when you're in that moment, all you want to do like your eye just starts watering, and so you start blinking it out. So I was eventually able to get settled, yes, but that was this, just a warning. We don't need to put a full disclaimer on each jalapeno. <laughs> Thank you. That it, you shouldn't stick the juice in your eye because you should know that. <laughs> but it was just a little bit of an accident. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, if my left eye is a little red still this morning while you're looking at me, that's that's what it's from. So Not, not for use with mucous membranes. Yes, that was that was absolutely delicious, by the way. But uh, This so is the sound you of when morning. you get jalapeno juice in your eye. Actually, it, was, it wasn't. I was home alone at the time, and I was just, it was so, like, it was like this pulsating heat, and I'm just, like, trying to blink it out, and what, what, what I sounded more like was like, ah, ah. So, you were doing it wrong. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. It was it was not good. I don't recommend doing it. Uh, somebody who probably feels like he's got jalapeno being poked in his eye this morning is IRS Commissioner Koskinen. Uh, the House hearing is underway on the impeachment mm. process. Mm. Well, what, he's, he's come out and said, well, now that other things have come to light, I probably did give you some incorrect information. Thanks. Thanks I, for that. What I gleaned while I was watching it for about 20 minutes before the show started was nothing that he needs to do is his purview. I'm thinking, this has got to be the greatest gig ever. Like, this comes with a big federal paycheck, federal, you know, Cadillac benefits, and everything they asked him was, well, a, a, a report is filed and given to me. The decision on that's not really in my jurisdiction. It's your department. Mm-hmm. You're the director of the IRS, and these things aren't your jurisdiction. He was just not even passing the buck. He was, he had both hands up, as is he, he, he's not even accepting the buck. Yeah, well. Uh, the, the tax buck, of course, this, at the IRS. When we talk about government these days, this seems to be a, a more and more uh, common occurrence where those uh, put in charge of situations cannot accept responsibility for when things go awry. And by things going awry, I mean laws were broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't mean mistakes were made. I mean laws were broken. So, uh, but, you know, when you have former Secretary of State, not here, not, not me. Besides, who cares now anyway? That's the only thing he hasn't said yet, and maybe mm-hmm. he's said it since we've come on the air. <laughs> Who cares anyway? What That's... difference does it make now? It's over. Thankfully, you laid out yesterday when we were talking about the feds claiming the space in which they will do the programming and licensing of and the AI cars. You said that when there's an accident, somebody will stand up, uh, take responsibility, yes. and walk away. So thank yes. you. thankfully, that change is coming, as predicted uh, by Quaid this morning. Very Speaking strong of, sarcasm. of the uh, of, uh presidential nominees, both the Trump camp and the Clinton camp have been hit with a new round of allegations concerning their foundations. Trump uh, being accused of using charity foundation money to pay his legal fees in the issue surrounding the investigation into the foundation itself, and Clinton facing a new round of allegations that she was indeed running the State Department as a pay-for-play outfit uh, associated with the Clinton Foundation. So there's a, a, two more new stories. These just don't seem to be going away 
as we head toward October, as we head toward the first debate coming up on Monday night. And they're, they're sensitive topics because it doesn't matter what your politics are. I think we all have some internal barometer that tells us what right and wrong is. And mm-hmm. if you're collecting money uh, for a charity and using that in a self-serving way that doesn't enhance that charity's mission, then that's wrong. We understand that. If you're running the State Department on pay-for-play access based on payments, it'd be one thing if she was using the payments to help pay down the U.S. debt. Like, maybe we could give her a pass on that. But it was a donation to her private charity, Mm -hmm. the, the Clinton Foundation, that then got you access at the extremely tip-top levels to the federal government. And I think everybody understands or should understand that that's wrong. So I think both. This is where I think a lot of the uh, high negatives numbers come from on both candidates. Yeah, the the, the bad taste in your mouth uh, that, that you're experiencing is that we, we, A, we know better than this. We all recognize that these types of tactics and occurrences are, are wrong, uh, and that these are things that we expect to see done in uh, dictatorships, in in gangster movies. It's, yes, yeah. It's it's not how we expect uh, our our government to run of the people, by the people, for the people. You did what? That money was huh? For for access to who? Hello? This and this is the kind of thing that, and it's being put in our face that mm-hmm. is so terribly distasteful. Speaking of, there are several outfits, uh, polling services and so forth, that uh, operate their Electoral College Advantage Board. Remember, we are a representative republic. You vote in your state, then your state Mm -hmm. Electoral College votes are added to the candidate's running total. It's not a direct uh, uh, vote, even though it it often mirrors, it more than often mirrors, uh, but it's not just a direct vote majority public vote in the country to decide uh, the next president. Uh, New Hampshire has long been rated as a lean Democratic state. It's now been moved into the toss-up category. Colorado, lean Democrat previously, now being rated toss-up. Minnesota has moved from solid Democrat to lean. Iowa's gone from toss-up to lean Republican. And the, the, the expected race is so tight that both campaigns... Uh, by reports, have been spending money in New Hampshire for the four Electoral College votes there. Wow. They've been ramping up their spending. Uh, a memo that was sent out by the Clinton campaign manager, Robbie Mook, uh, said, look, Hillary has many paths to 270 electoral votes. Donald Trump has very few. If you look at the election math right now, he's right. He's right. Clinton does have the advantage by what's being reported in polling and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I think we've had a number of people talk about it on the show that uh, that Trump is kind of that whisper candidate, and a lot of people who intend to vote for him are not the ones being polled. So I think this is closer than it is right now. Well, I now, think the fact that they're that they're funneling money into a state that has four electoral college mm-hmm. votes will, will tell you that. Watch what they're doing. That will give you a sense of at least how the campaigns themselves see it yeah. more than when any they start spending their money. Right. Any particular poll or or numbers from uh, a survey come out. Uh, Clinton's electoral college edge is still significant. If she just won all the states rated as solid Democrat 
along with those rated as leaning Democrat, she'd have 260 Electoral College votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the same were done for Trump on the Republican side, he'd have just 170. Here's the thing. You need 270 mm. to get elected. Now, there are 108 Electoral College votes out there in uh, states that are rated toss-ups. So somebody is going to get there. Who will it be? Look across the pond to the cousin, uh, Ladbrokes, uh, one of the big betting houses, line-making houses uh, in Britain, has uh, Hillary is a 4-7 to seven favorite, and uh, Trump pretty much right on her heels, 7-5. Uh, to five. If you still believe in Bernie Sanders, you can get 50-1 to one on your money. <laughs> if you've got some money that you're angry at that you want to put down, just If you've got some money wild that hunt. you know if he gets elected, he will take from you and redistribute. You might so be allowed win, to keep some of your you winnings. You lose anyway. Yes, right. you might be allowed to keep some of your winnings. Uh, the the long long version on this is uh, is Jill. She's a five hundred to one. Yes, the Green Party uh, candidate. Well, interesting thing you said. Iowa was leaning. Iowa's was, now been moved from toss up to, to lean. lean Trump. Last yeah. time we talked with Craig Robinson, I think the the latest Iowa poll had Trump plus eight. Mm-hmm. That's a little more than a lean. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they when when they assign these to favorite status or or heavy, uh, it's usually an overwhelming number. I believe right now uh, Hillary's up some twenty in Illinois, so they've got Illinois sure. uh, going Democrat. Uh, uh, similar numbers in California, as uh, they have California in that heavy Democrat, and then your Northeast mm, New York things I like say that. I saw stuff this morning that that because uh, what did Wayne Allen Root say? Pay attention to the what is it the USC. Uh, I don't know if it's the L.A. Poll. Times. So you, yeah. There's a no, USC yeah, poll. The L.A. Times, USC. Okay. The, because they track the same people mm-hmm. throughout the election. And the, what, I believe what I saw L.A. Times uh, today, again, this is about Trump trending. Mm-hmm. And I think what you were sharing there is that Trump is trending up and that Hillary's trending down, at least right now. Right now. And I think the, the last big influence that's planned there's always talk of an October surprise, but mm-hmm. you get the kickoff of the three debates beginning on Monday. I think, and and the the whole concept of October surprise, I think, is has been overblown. Well, we live in a different world now. October mm-hmm. surprise, uh, fifteen, twenty, twenty five years ago was different. We have so much information mm-hmm. flying around us every second of every day. The information that you would have to have, that you would have to keep under wraps to yourself and then release for an October surprise is to me is so much more difficult to 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 do these days it's, well, the it's a different connect- world the more connectivity we have the worse people seem to be at keeping secrets or 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 holding off on releasing what they know or have yeah so when you talk about an October you you almost say okay well who's going to do something who's mm-hmm. going to who's going to say something or, right. or 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 you know pass out at, at a particular event to, to sway people in that moment. And that, that really would be a surprise, kind of, may, maybe not so much, but it would, wouldn't be an informational type thing that, that was withheld that all of a sudden we find out about. It would just be an event. By the way, you need 270 to win as far as electoral votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're willing to bet on Hillary winning in a landslide, you can get 12 to 1 on that, that she'll get at least 350 Electoral college votes, and if you're willing to take the suckers bet that she runs the table, you can get 33 to one <laughs> on that. See, they have fun doing it. 
come on. They have fun doing it. Which you, group is this? Which betting house uh, is this? Ladbrokes. I'm trying to re- Okay, because I'm like, which, which uh, soccer team do they sponsor? Because I'm trying to remember. Right. I think it's, they're I, all over. Yeah, I, there. I, I don't. Uh, they, they do. I mentioned that there's a bet available for the color of uh, Donald Trump's uh, uh, sport coat blazer that night. They have the same bet available for her pantsuit. You want to bet on what color it is on election <laughs> night? So they've got everything covered. Okay. Uh, along that route. So if you have a problem, maybe not the best one uh, to check on. All right. Coming up this morning on the morning meeting, Travis Aiken in a bit. Bad behavior, falling NFL numbers. Do they have something to do with each other? We'll talk about that next on the morning meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. That guy was a genius. History will record. Scooter is a genius. I will just tell you that. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Squaid, alongside you. Travis Aiken, Executive Director of ILaw, coming up in just about uh, 12 minutes or so. More bad behavior last night, uh, Quaid, in, in the mm. uh, ensuing nights before that. Going down in Charlotte, there was another officer-involved shooting. At least this time, we'll be spared the narrative of race crime because it was an African-American officer and an African-American suspect uh, who were involved in this. But this is something else I don't understand is that, uh, for instance, you have a Charlotte television news crew who was coming to the scene to provide coverage of what was going on, whether it was a, a, a in the early moments a justifiable shooting, whether it was something else, how the community was impacted. And rather than accept that coverage to bring what is described as, as the plight of, of the poor and, and the non-white in their relationship with police officers, no, protesters tried to overturn the news remote truck and force them to flee the scene while they're stopping 18-wheelers on the highway and burning their contents. Well, I I've, mean, this, look, this, <laughs> you, you can't get out of your own way when it comes mm-hmm. to this thing because if you want to spread a message that we're being unfairly targeted, you, you have to have some kind of, and I'm not talking about everyone who shows up, but you have to have a coherent message that says we're, we're also not a group of people who commit crimes at, at the drop of a hat. We, there, as from from some of the accounts I've read, there were people there uh, that were trying to quell the people who as there were be. were mainly looking at this as an opportunity to light things on fire, uh, to loot, and to attack others. But what do you have when you have a mob? A mob doesn't behave rationally. Individuals are smart, people are stupid. And that what you're describing is that is that statement being played out. Um, I think uh, I've seen different numbers. Uh, Charlotte Observer is saying this morning that 16 officers are injured. I thought I saw somewhere where it said 12, but Charlotte Observer I've is saying... I've got 16 on this okay, story, too. have 16. Uh, there were also people, yes. uh, the civilians, uh, who were injured uh, by the, the mob. So they kind of, mm-hmm. I won't say injured themselves, but mm-hmm. uh, people who were out. And that's another thing of, hey, uh, don't go down and tailgate the mob. Okay, because you could end up in the hospital. It's probably not a good idea to go looky-loo 
when there's a riot going on. And I know mm-hmm. that the, the, the media isn't referring to this as a riot yet, but when that many people get sent to the hospital and that many things get lit on fire mm-hmm. and the businesses get looted, you've got a riot. Well, when you're destroying property and goods as... I don't want to say a way to draw attention because it's not. You're using a moment which is still being reviewed as to whether it was legitimate or whether it was something else. You're using that as an excuse for bad behavior. Um, and that's that's all this is. You have the situation in Oklahoma, yeah. which isn't as cut and dry. Now, just to, to sum up real quickly, the situation uh, in Charlotte, uh, police were trying to execute a, a warrant they came across a gentleman who was not the object of their warrant, but noticed that he had a handgun uh, on full display in the vehicle, asked him to step out of the vehicle away from the handgun. He got out with the handgun, got back in the vehicle, eventually got out, did not uh, give up that weapon when officers asked him to. It became a threatening situation, and he was shot. There is still an investigation going on in that situation. In Oklahoma, you have a case where someone was shot who didn't have an obvious Weapon. I, his car but, had broken down. Yeah, but police, the the police officer on the scene, uh, said that he was of a a certain degree of of certainty that he was reaching into his pocket for a weapon, and he fired. Now yeah. you have a, a a less cut and dried situation there, and both investigations are still ongoing. The video uh, of Terrence Crutcher has been out for a couple of days, and <sighs> it, you, you see a guy whose vehicle is in the middle of the road, and officers, uh, assume at this point in time, are coming to help, except their guns are drawn, and he goes back to his vehicle, and and there's helicopter footage of this, and reaches into Mm -hmm. his vehicle, and that appears to be at at what point in time as he's reaching into the vehicle from outside uh, is when one of the officers... Shoots him mm-hmm. because he goes down pretty quickly uh, a- after that. I-, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen the footage uh, from from Charlotte and the victim there is Keith Lamont Scott, uh, and they're saying it wasn't a gun; it was a book. The police are still standing by the gun, and that seems to be the police. And according to the new couple of news stories, several witnesses on the scene yeah, as well. W- and that's the, the police are going back to their witnesses on the scene who said the same thing. I've been out of school for a while, but I can still, I think my identification rate would be 100% between a handgun and a book. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to mistake the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they look completely different. So that's what's going on right now. You have these bad actors in this situation who are not bringing the right kind of attention to what... Uh, what they view and, as as an issue, I, which yeah. is police shooting of minorities mm-hmm. or the poor community as well, and you're you're obfuscating the issue when you're using it to commit crimes. Well, and if you know, and and I don't know how you can predict, but when a protest begins and all of a sudden bad actors show up who aren't looking to make a point other than I'm going to tear stuff up, Mm -hmm. that's kind of when you need to either stop and kind of decompress what's going on uh, and move away from those bad actors because they're not helping your situation. 
Uh, you mentioned falling viewing sh- viewership numbers for the NFL has been all the rage yeah. today after the weekend games. You get the instant turnaround numbers. Right. Certainly it's Wednesday now. You had the Monday night game. Uh, aside from the uh, outrage of uh, Bears fans, which has been going on for five years over the way <laughs> that team's played, uh, is this the public backlash over the – Colin Kaepernick-inspired protest for the National Anthem. Are we tired of watching bad football? Were there other things going on this weekend? This this can be a very nuanced issue because you have busier weekends than others for a very busy American public. There are a few things in play here uh, after doing a little bit of research and and reading through threads of, of people who are trying to figure it out. And you have the people who are turning it off in their own version of protest and they're 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 protesting with their their eyeballs uh, and that would be i guess with money saying you're not going to be able to track me watching this because i'm not watching it um there there is some of that there is also people who are dissatisfied with the nfl as a as it as itself as a product product that they're putting out there they're dissatisfied with that and recognize that this isn't the game that they fell in love with and they're just sad. They're also upset that the NFL's choice of matchups aren't very good. And they're like, why would I be compelled to watch bad football? Uh, they, they, they think that, they, you know, Colin Kaepernick aside, we've talked about how the NFL has a quarterback issue, and that was also uh, reflected. You also have the tech angle of this, as a lot of people have been switching away from Traditional TV uh, traditional, model. Okay, yes, and and you know they they're asking and saying that the NFL should go to a more pay per view type of a situation so that they can pick and choose the games they want to watch as opposed to having to sit through what they don't want to watch or mm-hmm. buying every game in some situations. The NFL is not going to do that for the same reason that uh, cable television will never allow you to purchase channels a la carte. Well, there because are s- it's it's the money that comes in it, it's a total beast package for them. And if you are cuz I only watch about 10 channels and they'd only make about $30 a month off me if I was allowed to pick and choose channels. That's the the, the model that's currently in place, but that doesn't mean that that'll be the model in 10 years or in five years. And so there's there's uh, several different things that are being thrown around a, as a reason. I think there's a genuine dislike for Roger Goodell after doing a little bit of research on this. Uh, they don't like uh, where the league has gone, where it currently resides vis-a-vis. It's too much expansion. You've got the too much of a watered-down watered talent, down talent pool. Uh, quarterback play is bad. And then you mm-hmm. have the people who are upset that, uh, you know, that there are protests. And, and they view this as the NFL is their escape. From that type of stuff. They don't want to tune in a football yes. game and have... We're not tuning in to watch a business operate and justify the actions of its contracted labor. We're tuning in to essentially watch a sports movie for three hours. And the NFL, I, I, I guess, hasn't figured out that that's mm-hmm. that they are the escape and mm-hmm. that the, you know, the viewing this public is, wants to be able to go there to get away from the other thing. This is big for me because for a long time in this country, baseball was the undisputed king Mm -hmm. then the nfl rose and took that title and people have said just with the quick makeup of our society how much we move the fact there's only your team only plays one game a week the nfl seems to be this this perfect beast for our uh time that we want to dedicate to it so on and so forth for a lot of reasons if the nfl can fall 
I mean, I think that's a lesson. If, if they start to topple from that perch. The NFL being the proverbial Titanic. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we'll, well, and we'll and see Roger Goodell goes. challenged mm-hmm. uh, uh, viewers and fans and, and said, if you don't like what we're doing and stuff, and you're going to tune away, bring it on. And, you know, that type of a statement kind of... Kind I of, want to hear that attitude from my defensive end, not from the commissioner of my league. <laughs> The bring it on kind yeah, of attitude. There were there were a couple of people who said put on old games, and maybe the NFL Network could do that. <laughs> kind of like NBA uh, TV sure. has uh, puts yeah. on hardwood classics. Yes. I'll watch that occasionally. Uh, but they said put on a, a game from the uh, late '80s, early '90s with Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White, mm-hmm. and and let me enjoy the game I fell in love with, as opposed to what I'm seeing now. Best decision I made nine years ago: stepped away from fantasy football. That was another thing. Best decision I've made this year, I have not sat down to watch an NFL game. And I feel like I've got so much more time in my life, and I'm not worried about the angst. Fascinating perspective that fantasy football is hurting the NFL because people used to get involved with teams and Mm -hmm. storylines and and, and narratives and stuff like that, but they're only worried about their certain players and how they're performing, so they'll only tune in partially to see that and how it affects them. This is the rise of NFL Red Zone. Then than an overall team mm-hmm. or a storyline or narrative to get behind. So uh, what you're saying is our appetite for consumption is different mm-hmm. and in both how we consume it, why we maybe won't consume it when it comes to the numbers falling and people deciding, look, this is, this is something that I don't agree with, you, so I'm tuning out. You also have the American public's disdain for oversaturation. When, whenever anything gets and too, poor play. too big, well, there's, again, there's always that. When anything gets too big and, and it's everywhere – we tend to go, you're over. And some people think the way the NFL has structured itself to be a an all-year thing. Yes, they have actually, if you just look at it from a sports marketing landscape, the way they've moved the combine and the draft around, they actually have real estate, so to speak, of their product in every part mm-hmm. of the calendar year now. And it's not a season anymore. And, and, I, and, and I get that from their perspective. I understand what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But as, as anybody in marketing should be able to tell you, there comes a point where uh, too much of a good thing is still too much. All right. We haven't had any of a good thing yet because Travis Aiken, uh, you know, we put off bringing him on We're this morning. Late. We'll uh, speak with him about the emerging situation that has to do with the chief Illinois Supreme Court judge and the State Farm allegations next on the morning meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Dennis Miller, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting here on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Secret squared alongside you. Travis Aiken, Executive Director of Illinois Lawsuit Abuse Watch, our guest this morning on The Morning Meeting. Good morning, Travis. Good morning. How are things with you? I can't complain. So you don't have anybody that you're uh, organizing a class action lawsuit against? Good, good. That That's good to hear as the executive director <laughs> of ILAW this morning. Uh, we started a conversation yesterday, and, and Quade's going to bring you up to speed, about a, uh, a new look being called for in the judicial community at Illinois' new chief Supreme Court judge. Yes. Uh, Travis, are you aware of the Mark Hale versus... State Farm Mutual Automobile Insurance Company, uh, number 12-660. I'm getting sounding technical now, but uh, are you familiar with this particular case? 
I, I, I know about that case. Um, you know, we're we're uh, we're not in, in involved in 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 that case. Um, thank thank God, and um, uh, and we'd like to to keep it that way. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that case. Wow. <laughs> Wait, is this hitting wow. too close to home? What's uh, who's 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 funding iLaw that doesn't want you commenting on this case? Uh, well, th- this is just you know you know um, a, a very uh, delicate uh, situation. It involves uh, you know the, the uh, one of our we're not directly affiliated with the Illinois Civil Justice League, but we do collaborate with them on different projects because we're both committed to the to the same goal and and uh there they are in, involved and and so um uh, just out of uh kind of uh, a an acknowledgement of, of the of that situation and why they're involved uh we we i really can't comment on on this case at, at this time because it is ongoing and um yeah, I, I can't. I can't say any more than that. Oh, okay. Then and that's all the time we have for Travis this week here on well, the morning meeting. It is fascinating to, right, to well, see Travis, this going well, on. Though. Oh, it is fascinating to see this going on. Let's talk around the case. Then, in in your experience, how often does it come up that you have a, a judicial call for a review on something like this, rather than something from? Uh, working attorneys or from a citizens group, because this seems to be part of this that's unusual to me. Yeah, I mean, this, this is this is something that uh, it just will not go away, and, and it just keeps keeps uh, rearing it, it, its ugly head. And I think that um, you know, th- th- I think this is an example of kind of what what we're talking about uh, when we talk about the gamesmanship that goes on in, in, in the courts and, and when we talk about the importance of, of, uh, of judges, uh, because, you, you, you know, where, wherever this case lands, and, and this, you know, this is not atypical. I mean, there's all kinds of cases where it will go from one place to, to another place, to another judge, to and 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 everywhere it goes there there's different rulings different interpretations um and uh, you know it, it to me a case like this underscores the importance of having good good judges because the, the wide range of opinions on on this case where okay we're going to allow it we're going to let it move forward it goes somewhere else and they shut it down and then it comes goes somewhere else and it you know it it never it never stops, and and everywhere the case goes, there's a different interpretation of uh, of the law and a different interpretation of what is allowed and, and what is not. And uh, I think, to me, it, it really underscores what I-Law has been talking about for years, which is people need to pay attention who's serving on the bench. We need to uh, particularly when we have an opportunity to vote in judicial elections to really take those elections seriously because they do have consequences. And uh, these, these judges have a lot of say, and a lot of power in their courtrooms. And we need to make sure we have the right 
kind of pe- kinds of people serving on the bench. Travis Aiken, our guest this morning on the morning meeting. Travis, I'm going to switch gears uh, with you here a little bit. Uh, there is a, a situation in Chicago with the uh, Pop Warner Chicagoland Conference. Uh, there and and this is kind of growing. It started in California, but a class action suit against uh, concussions in Pop Warner uh, football in the uh, Chicagoland area. Are you aware? That's, uh, that's small kids for people who are familiar. Kids, yeah, it's a little kid league. Uh, is this just a, a, a look at, at, at money, or are we going to end up with disclaimers on every piece of equipment? Is that where this is going to end, uh, or are you going to have to sign, and do you already have to sign insurance stuff, you know, saying, I realize that this is a physical game that I'm signing my child up to play. Uh, where does this end with a class action suit and Pop Warner, of all things? <clears throat> well, the... I think when you saw what happened with with the um, case against the the NFL, uh, I, I think we could all uh, surmise where where this was headed. That every football league, every uh, place where where football uh, was played was a potential target for uh, for litigation. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think this is. Uh, a great example of of how uh, our our society has 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 devolved, where any kind of risk whatsoever is never our fault. It's always somebody else's fault, and uh, you, you know things 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 happen and accidents happen. And uh, when you play a physical game, there are uh, sometimes un- unintended. Uh, consequences. You have to do your best to make sure that that the rules are followed, that uh, hits are 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 legal, and and not uh, people aren't you know, breaking the rules. And, and you know, those who do break the rules have to have you know severe uh, consequences and punishments. But you know, I, I I don't think that it's it's appropriate to uh, just blame. Football, when 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 you get hurt, it, it, you you can take all the precautions in the world and and still still get hurt. It's um, it, it is a physical game, and, and any sport, there are ch- chances of, of of injury and chances of you know you you, you can uh, you know somebody could get hit in the head on on a golf course with a golf ball, and mm. those are. And golf's probably, you know, one one of the least um, risky sports to play. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't quite understand this 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 mentality. It's but it's I think it is an uh, an illustration of, of where we are uh, as a society. Uh, you know, I, I've used this example all the time. I I have I have, uh, I have four, four kids, and uh, you know, our backyard is. Wherever we've lived, our backyard has always been kind of the the destination place in in, in the neighborhood. Kids coming to 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 play here all the time, and you know you 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 try to make sure that any you know hole, holes in in the, in the yard that uh, are filled so so that people mm-hmm. don't trip and fall, and yep. you try to 
you know, pick up the, any kind of um, things that might cause injury. But, you know, there's always a risk that somebody could, could get hurt on, on your property. And, and uh, in this day and age, who, who wants that responsibility? It's, um, you know, every, every time you, people come to your house and, and do you you are taking risks in, in, today's, in today's world and today's society. And I think it's time for people to take responsibility for themselves and, and their actions and uh, recognize that it's not uh, 100% somebody else's responsibility to, to take care of us. I would even tell you that uh, for Halloween on trick-or-treating, we try and make sure that everything is, is well-lit and that everything's nice and, and firm uh, around the front even, steps even in the yard. Footing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. that nothing so, well, happens in that situation. Not everybody's Travis who leaves his chainsaw running in the yard well, while the kids are playing. Say, Travis, Sean and I are going to be coming <laughs> over to your house to play in your backyard, and we'll be bringing our attorney Hunter S. Thompson style. <laughs> and if, if you think it's dangerous playing football, you should see the physical waiver release we have for this show. <laughs> Travis Aiken, Executive Director of Law, our guest this morning. Thank you so much, Travis. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me. We'll wrap it up next on The Morning Meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. Morning, that was a cryptic text. Okay. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Wait, who are you? You're texting in the middle of the show now? Of course. During How do you the... think I get all my information for ah, the show? All right. That's, uh, uh, the, the information network is open constantly here on the morning meeting. The, t- the third top official of Ron Paul's 2012 presidential campaign is scheduled to be sentenced in federal court in Des Moines. Because? For conspiring to cover up campaign payments to a former Iowa state senator. This is going down uh, today. This is set for this morning. Uh, they, the, the, the defense has been arguing that as a group, they broke no laws when they paid $73,000 to uh, Kent Sorensen who then endorsed Ron Paul six days before the Iowa caucuses. If you want background on this, Craig Robinson did an extensive write-up at theiowarepublican.com. Mm, was, this, well, it was painful for him, and this was this is a big deal in yeah. Iowa. Yes, yes, I remember that now that you bring it up. It was painful for him to have to recount uh, all of that and go back and, and do the hard work. And, you, but might, that's, you, might, you might say he was aching over it. <laughs> You could say that. Can't believe no space news when space is we in the news. We ran out of time. I had it all right here. Watch out for Chinese meteors entering the sky. Hopefully it'll disintegrate uh, in the atmosphere, but otherwise it may fall all the way to Earth. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Aaron Baker coming up tomorrow as we take a big look at Missouri on the morning meeting. Morning meeting adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.